The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. to talk about it and honestly I have to and at first I wasn't sure if I was going to like it so I didn't want to you know jump on the bag wagon real quick and be like you know this is what i'm watching and i fuck with this wu-tang shit i mean i'm a i'm a wu-tang fan right let's just let's not even let's cut the shits and let's not front like i don't like wu-tang i fucks with wu-tang the long way but when it came out in september i wasn't sure if i was going to watch it or not so what end up happening is I start watching it mid-season. Um, I binged, I think, the first four, five episodes. And since then, I've been watching weekly. And I'm going to tell you initially... You know what I thought about it. I, I I know part of it is, you know, some of it is exaggerated. But it's, you know, based on their interpretations of how they all came together. Off the bat, Wu-Tang, an America saga. I'm going to tell you as a fan how it's made me feel first before I start talking about, you know, each episode, the characters and the story. So if you have not seen Wu-Tang, an American saga on Hulu, you might not want to listen to this. Um, the season is over. The last episode, episode 10 debuted on October 23rd and I'm going to take this entire episode to talk about each episode and the entire season so after watching all of the episodes I actually went back to um, I started listening to Wu-Tang again recently um, I went back to the first album I went back to the second album and I I my ear is now hearing things that correlate with the show that I initially 
didn't hear as a listener because you know when you listen to Wu-Tang you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the music right but now I'm listening to everything as I'm seeing it in an American saga so let's talk let's go from episode 1 to 10 I don't because I don't want to jump around because that's going to make this a little difficult to navigate so the first episode uh, episode one can it all be so simple can it all be so simple I mean we all know the sample Um, we all know the song it goes to okay here is what I think from from just from the beginning so it starts off with Dennis let's go down to the characters because I'm gonna address them as their rap name but you all should know who they are all right so we got Ghostface we got Raekwon we got RZA Jizza Method Man Jizza um, you know, later comes in Capadonna, Master Killer, but Ghostface, Rizza, Raekwon, Jizza, oh, and ODB, ODB, the, these are the quintessential characters that throughout the season who we're following, so... Rizza and Jizza are cousins for y'all who don't know. Rizza and Jizza are cousins. Uh, Raekwon and Rizza grew up together. Uh, they went to you know elementary school together, but they are living different lifestyles. You know, basically, Rizza starts off. He's in the basement making beats trying to make beats he's into music um rizza has a brother named devon who is like the pretty ricky of the hood he pushing all the weight you know niggas respect him he's the go-to nigga he's getting money so rizza rizza plot is he's he's living this hood life However, he is simultaneously hood adjacent. Because um, it's really his brother is doing all the dirt. And eventually, you know, Rizza starts, you know, selling weed. And Devon, his brother, is trying to get him in the game. So the house that they're living in. In Staten Island, Rizza, Devon, his little brother and little sister and his mama. Apparently, Devon bought this home off of street money, like selling drugs and doing what he does. So they got this nice home in Staten Island that is paid for with drug money. And everybody knows it. You know, that's just the life that they live. Uh, Ghostface Dennis That's his name Dennis Cole Ghostface is living in the projects 
and he has two disabled brothers and his mother is an alcoholic and I want to point this out because if you Ghostface is like my favorite rapper one of my favorite rappers and the thing about Ghostface watching America Saga and being a Ghostface fan puts in I mean not just with Ghostface with all of them but especially Ghostface and RZA puts into perspective their music and basically how they rap and I think it also puts in perspective how niggas in the industry view Wu-Tang because niggas don't fuck with Wu-Tang and if you watch the series you will understand why niggas don't fuck with Wu-Tang why niggas don't beef with Wu-Tang even 50 didn't want to fuck with Wu-Tang like some niggas niggas just don't fuck with Wu-Tang and the beef you know you know Joe Button got punched out by Raekwon people and uh uh Ghostface Supreme Clientele one of the tracks was calling out 50 50 don't fuck with Wu-Tang as if y'all remember I don't know how old y'all are but you know when it was like that whole East Coast West West Coast beef Wu-Tang was not affiliated with the shits because it's just too many of those niggas and too many of those niggas roll with some real ignorant ass I don't give a fuck niggas and it's really apparent um not just in their music and their persona but these are just real some real street niggas and I think because now we see a visual on how they began you know they just don't make rappers like that anymore and i'm not trying to glorify violence and drug dealing but what they rap about is literally what they know and what they have lived you know it's not like you know with the well i don't want to say the exception because he did live in the projects but you know they're not like these middle class you know uppity kids that just started rapping and just had money to spend and you know just decided to get into making music because it was just a hobby for them and they had nothing to do it's clear that making music you know for Wu-Tang for the collective was literally a means to survive like they had to do it just to survive to get their family in a better position and to survive not just survive but to live because watching all the episodes all them niggas could have died got locked up shot overdosed whatever you name it they could have their lives could have been different without music so all right so the first episode um we meet we meet everybody and um we see Riza. Riza is Riza is different. Like I said, he is a little he's hood. He's a hood nigga, but he has a lot of hood adjacent um properties to him. And I say that is because he has always lived in Staten Island. He lived in the South and Again, a lot of the 
it's it's supposed to be like a lot of stuff is exaggerated but i i after watching everything i'm gonna pick and choose what i think is exaggerated and what i think is real so Riz's background he lived in the carolinas for a little bit and he lived with his uncle his uncle was like this really kind-hearted man that kind of like you know taught him a little hospitality and um made him appreciate you know um manners I guess in a way however his aunt his aunt his aunt was abusive and used to hit him and I want to say that him enduring that abuse could possibly be the reason why Riza has the attitude he has with black women. I know this is left, y'all wasn't even expecting this, but y'all remember like like a year or two ago where like it was Riza, Russell Crowe, and Azalea Banks and she claimed that Riza allowed Russell Crowe to like hit her, beat her, stomp on her, spit on her, call her nigga and he didn't do nothing. After watching American Saga, I believe that that actually happened because with the drama that I've seen you know in the series Riz's his character at least that's being portrayed he seems to be apprehensive when it comes to conflict and I'm not saying that he doesn't know how to deal with conflict but he always seems to be torn and he's and and by torn I mean he seems to be like hesitant to make a decision like he's really not quite sure of himself all right so that's Reza um Dennis you know, um, okay, well, also with RZA, RZA originally, his name is Bobby, and, you know, everybody call him Bobby. In the first episodes, you know, his little nickname is, like, Bobby Digital, so that's kind of, like, where Bobby Digital comes from, and I don't know if y'all listen to a lot of RZA, but a lot of his skits and his music has to do with people yelling his name Bobby and that kind of like resonates in the episodes in the series like people always screaming out his name Bobby Bobby you know what I'm saying um so that's that so now we got Ghostface Dennis so Ghostface is a straight street nigga he not only is he you know selling drugs he's also sticking up people so he's a stick-up kid so he has two disabled brothers they're both in wheelchairs his mother works a lot but his mother's also an alcoholic um i listen like i said i listen to a lot of ghost face and he's very he seems to be very 
he has a soft spot for not just his mother, but he has like a very hood nigga soft spot for women. Like, how can I explain it? It's clear that if Ghostface grew up in different circumstances, he probably would be a very debonair, suave, charming. I'm not saying that he's not this these things now, but as far as like a social class issue and perspective, he would he probably be a politician. Okay? And I'm not saying that because of the way he treats women, but he has like he has an ethic code to him. Like his moral compass is a lot different from like Riz's and everyone else around him. Like he's very loyal and his loyalty is to a fault at times. You know, he is you're ride or die. If you want somebody that's going to ride or die with you, who's going to love you, protect you, you will want to have Dennis in your corner because he is the heart to me in the series. Like, if you had to, like, build the series, like, the heart would be Ghostface. Like, he, his passion and his loyalty really shines in every episode and it's like you can't disagree with him because technically he's right but his actions are he pops off like he is not something or somebody to be contained and that's a little scary because when people are very um passionate like that a lot of shit can be fucked up (laughs) And it can go left real easy. And it does go left quite a few times throughout the series. Alright, so then we got we got we got Jizza. Alright, Jizza is Riz's cousin and he is like the OG, but he's not OG as an age, but he's the one who gets put on first as far as a recorded artist. He's the one that has the respect. He's the one that has like He's like the if you if I if I had to describe him in like a Ninja Turtles way, he would be like the Leonardo of of the Wu Tang because like he is the most centered person. You know, he is trying to put trying to put Bobby on and he's trying to help him focus now what I did notice throughout the series is that Jizza doesn't really fuck with Devon and I don't really understand I never really maybe I need to give it a second watch you know from you know season uh, from episode 1 to 10 again but there's not a lot of scenes with um, Devon and Jizza it's mostly like Jizza talking to Rizza trying to get him to focus on music and to you know focus on leaving the street life alone and to be a better person and to like really hone his talent 
Jizza uh, again is like he signed first he's like the first signed artist you know he is and you know Bobby is trying to use Jizza not in a bad way but you know that's a connection into the industry and he wants to kind of like piggyback off that because he wants to be a musician you know um so that's Jizza um Raekwon Raekwon is Raekwon is the nigga that he doesn't want to rap okay he doesn't want to rap he he is he is more like this is what it is today i'm a hood nigga today i gotta eat today he's homeless he comes from a you know a a a typical black american background you know his parents are um his parents are religious and they kick him out the house because he on some street shit and they not really with it you know um and he 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 lived that street life like for real you know um so here is you know where the drama comes in the drama comes in okay let me just keep going through the characters so i mean so you can know all the background all right so we got odb so the actor who plays ODB I just want to say the actor who plays ODB is fucking amazing like he gets he gets old dirty bastards mannerisms down to a T not just because he looks like him but he is just he his mannerism the way he talks the way he try to rhyme psych him the way he acts the way he just always looks bugged out he just he is him to you know he is him to the T you know he is he can't he, I, I can't even explain how visually compelling the actor does um portraying ODB on Staten Island it is immaculate so that is amazing casting like he needs to win an award because I haven't seen someone with the same likeness and mannerism of a celebrity like that since like since like Jamie Foxx um Ray Charles like it's that fucking good it's I it's it's right there it's it's that good like there's I, I there's nothing to improve on to be honest like you can't get better than that you know so he's like you know the carefree nigga just like chilling being wild you know how you think ODB would be in the hood mad he's like mad extra you know very fun and animated to watch on screen um 
who else do we have? We have Power. Um, Power is an interesting person in this dynamic because he's like, um, he's like, he's, he is kind of like Raekwon's who goes by Shaw. You know, he's, he's still, he's shy and, and until he becomes Raekwon. He is interesting because he is like, you know, Raekwon's conscience in the, in a way, like he's trying to like keep him focused. He gives him, he gives him a place to stay because, you know, you know, Shah slash Rakim was homeless after he left his, you know, his parents home and um he i mean he gives he he's in a trap house <laughs> make no mistake he's just not you know just there just to be living there just for free he's in a trap house he gives him a car um cuz he's good at what he does you know Rakim is a good dealer and he's a good street nigga and he's about that action um Method Man. Method Man, I mean, his original name, his rap name was Shotgun. He is like, I think he works in a apparel store, maybe it was like a, a fake footlocker or something like that. Um, and he used to live in Long Island. He went to Staten Island. Um, his background is like, he grew up in the suburbs and. He was with his uncle and grandmother, but his uncle came out of jail and, you know, he was supposed to stay clean. And, you know, one day he showed up to his lacrosse game because, you know, shotgun slash met the man was a lacrosse player. And he was, like, really drunk, wilding out, trying to fight. And then, like, the police came through and they found drugs on him. And because he was a minor, um, they was going to take him away. But they said, you know, he has a home. He doesn't live there. He lives in Staten Island. So he had to leave Long Island. And leaving Long Island, you know affected him because he hurt himself and you know now he just chilling in the projects all day on crutches right so he's on crutches he's in the hood smoking weed you know get into shit you know but he's working on his raps because you know he's from um park hill right i think that's right i think i got it right park hill so Park Hill is one section of Staten Island and Stapleton is another section. Hope I got that right. And Stapleton niggas don't fuck with Park Hill niggas. And that's a beef right there. There's also a beef between Raekwon and Ghostface. Um, Raekwon basically shoots up Ghostface's 
crib with his brothers and his brothers you know they're in wheelchairs so they almost got caught in a line of crossfire and as soon as Raekwon shoots in his crib now I can't recall if he if he knew that was Ghostface crib I believe he did and I don't know if he did or he was just doing what he was told to do however so you know Raekwon shoots up his windows and stuff like that and uh, his brothers almost got caught in a line of fire he thought his mom got caught and she would just pass out from being drunk so the first the thing that Shaw does he goes to Bobby's crib and you know they chop it up and then he tells you know Bobby to hold his burner now you can look at that two way you can look at it as like okay they friends but is he setting him up or is he just that smart you know cause no one's gonna check Bobby for a gun in the house because they don't know what happened so you know he kinda like Sha kinda like you know kinda like lay low at Bobby's crib because again you know they're not looking at someone local or you know Bobby's in the basement make playing with music so they kinda like fucking around with beats and shit like that and you know whatever so um Raekwon leaves and you know Dennis Ghostface is pissed off he's like he wants to find the nigga who did this so it kind of clicks to Bobby that it could have been his man Shaw but he doesn't know for sure. So he kind of like stays out of it. And he uh, goes on his business as usual. So Devon is trying to, Devon is Russ's brother. And he's trying to get Bobby to get on the street and get money. Right? Because if you get on the street and get money, they can bring more money in the house with no problem. Now, at this time, you know, Riza is kind of like <clears throat> half-assing it because he, he doesn't really want to do it. He wants to really focus only on his music. And I kind of think this is where, like, you know, Jizza sees his inner conflict. Like, he can tell that this isn't what he really wants to do. But, um, he wants to help him. Okay? So, it's also important to, um, note that the first episode, Can It All Be So Simple, is produced, I mean, directed by, um... Chris Robinson and if you all are 80s babies like myself you know that Chris Robinson was like a really big music video director back in the day so to have him it, it like all of these episodes look like ex- I don't want to say extended um extended videos because they're not but they look like mini docs like they are 
they're they they flow they have a flow to them and i was the reason why i didn't want to watch it at first or i was kind of like apprehensive because i didn't want to watch it if it was going to be bad because you know like if you're a fan of something you don't want to watch something that is bad you know you want to watch something that is good you know so um so we got that so that conflict is you know Riza is torn between his friend two friends Raekwon and Ghostface he's torn with his brother because he doesn't really want to sell drugs and he just he he goes to Sam Ash right and he sees this beat machine he wants to get for like $2,000 and he's trying to get the money and the only way he can get the money is if he sells drugs like he has to sell drugs so he wants to sell drugs but he wants to do it in the minimal risk possible so he doesn't really want to fuck with coke but he figured he could sell weed and it's not that he comes to terms that selling weed is his best bet is it because he goes to like wall street um right and he is he plays chess in a park with this old man and all these white dudes keep approaching him you know kind of like soliciting him asking him for drugs and he like bro i don't fucking sell drugs and it's kind of racist it is racist like you know they think he sells drugs because he's like this little kid you know with like little twist dreads in his head and baggy clothes and they assume that he sees if he's on wall street he's out here selling drugs and that's not the case he's playing chess and making runs but he's not selling drugs so at this point he convinces well he didn't really have to do much convincing that um Dennis Ghostface that hey we can sell weed at Wall Street ain't much police there you know they gonna buy to even tip you know it's easy money we're right out here in the middle of the day not much police out there we can get off as much as we can and you know that's what we'll do and um that's what they did you know um that's what they did and and for a while it was working so uh bobby was getting his money right and it he was getting his money and a conflict happens with cop with bobby's brother devon he gets caught by the police he goes to jail right so he's in jail you know ghost slash dennis is being you know bobby's day one nigga but it's dennis let him know that it's conventional because he know because he fucks with devon so because he fucks with devon he's fucking with rizza and he's letting rizza know i don't fuck with your man raekwon well was shy because he fucking aired out my crib and uh rizza is trying to is trying to make 
these two people come together. He's trying to make Riza. He's trying to make Riza trying to make Ghostface and Raekwon come to terms, and it's hard to do because they hate each other. And it's not that they really hate each other. It's just that Raekwon was just doing what he do not really caring who it affects and Ghostface is disrespected you know he could have killed his brothers and and he wants revenge so we see in the series how like they they get Ghostface hates him Ghostface hates Raekwon and all his efforts to um, bring them together just fails on a lot of fronts. So I missed all this, you know, drug dealing and niggas getting arrested and making music. There is a love story. Um, there's a love story between Ghostface and Riz's sister Shuri, and Shuri. I don't know if it's Shuri or Shuri. I'm saying Sherry because that's my daughter's name. But I think her name is Sheree. Yeah. <laughs> Sheree, you know, she is kind of like, um, she's kind of like the girl in the hood that's like, she's smart and she goes to school. She's not really a troublemaker. But, you know, Dennis is at the house all the time, especially when. Especially when um, Devon gets locked up. He comes over more. And, you know, he's coming over more to check on Bobby, check on the fam, trying to get that work, getting money. And a lot of times he's come over, you know, Bobby is either not home or in the basement with the music, not paying attention. And, you know, Bobby's mom isn't home because she's working. And so they get a lot of time together you know and they start developing a thing so speaking of Bobby's mom so Bobby's mom is a waitress at this you know stereotypical racist Italian restaurant and you know they're not like outwardly racist they're like those uh uh they're racist but you know they always have those um exceptional negroes so they quote unquote treat her nice because you know she busts her ass for them and she gotta tolerate their bullshit because you know that's the only income she has coming in besides Devon getting drug money and she her sister comes into town Rizzo's aunt she comes into town and apparently like her sister is like this free spirited younger sister who doesn't really have much responsibility so of course the kids like her she you know dresses fancy and she just be you know she flows with the breeze but apparently she has a history of you know scamming right so she goes to um Riza mom job and she started flirting with one like the Italian boys and Italian boys 
own family owns the place that you know where the mom works at and she ended up scamming the Italians so they run up into her crib the Italians where she works at they run up into her home calling her niggas call everybody in the house niggas saying that you know she they better give she owes them money so your sister scammed us so it's your fault we got you and your family and they basically threaten their lives like if you don't give us this money bash is gonna happen to you so not only does she have to go and work there every day being threatened by these fucking italians she has to come up with money so Riza has to like try to you know push out this product and you know so let me pause so Devon is in jail they gotta pay this money to the Italians and the product that Bobby did have or does have gets fucked up in a fire because Riza and power and these other niggas know that these niggas is making money now because Devon is in jail and they trying to put these niggas out of business so they find out one of their hideout spots and they set the place on fire you know um Raekwon was beyond this and this is another reason why you know, uh, Ghostface doesn't trust Raekwon. I mean, he has, I mean, he's not wrong. You know, Raekwon has to show his loyalty to power and other folks because they're putting money in his pocket, they're giving him a car, you know, they're housing him because, like I said, he's homeless. So he doesn't necessarily want to do all the fucked up shit but he has to right because like if he doesn't they gonna off him or they gonna fuck him up or whatever so Riza is back at square one no product no money the house is being threatened by Italians and Devon's in jail who is asking for you know to get get him out of jail and so the money that Rizzo was supposed to take that Devon had safe got caught up in the fire so he has no product he has no cash so Rizzo is in a bind like what is he going to do you know so he he also wants a beat machine he also wants an NPC which is $2,000. So, he... So, Riz's mom, uh, I guess, ex-boyfriend, husband, wasn't really clear, comes back in the picture, and he's saying, like, you know, fuck the Staten Island life. You know, I got a home in Ohio. You could bring the kids. By kids, he means everybody else. You know, the girl. <clears throat> Riz's sister and younger brother, but Devon and Riz can stay in the house in Staten Island because he wasn't he wasn't featuring them. Them and his kids, so he don't care. So they said, "Fuck it, we leaving." So 
Riz's mom packs up the house and takes her younger son and youngest daughter to Ohio. They living out in Ohio. Uh, uh, Riz's sister's upset because she loves Dennis and he feels like Dennis loved he and she feels like Dennis loved her, which he does. But he he he's too involved with the street shit and he doesn't want her to get involved or her to get hurt. And watching that see him that heartbreak that he has to choose one or the other was it was touching but he wrote her a note and this is what I don't know if he was actually dating uh Riz's sister but I believe this is something that Ghostface would do he wrote her a love letter and the love letter sound eerily like a Ghostface love song like it was really like okay this is Ghostface to a T so um, there's a lot of moments in the season where you can literally it doesn't play but if you listen to Wu-Tang you can literally picture what song was inspired by what right so bam Devon's in jail they have no money Rizza got the money burnt got the product burnt he has nothing um Rizza's mom man bail her out with the Italians and they dip so it's just Rizza Jizza <laughs> with Devon in jail and the only way Devon can get out of jail is if he copped the plea that he was doing the drugs versus distributing the drugs so it goes it gets back to the hood that you know Devon has been claiming that he's a crackhead or whatever the case may be so he can get out on rehab and go to a facility and he has to clean up his life he's trying to get back in the game but nobody's really trying to fuck with him because he's on probation so that means he's being watched and that's fair you know so let's get to the the music part of an american saga so devon's in jail so you know there's always other niggas around that's trying to like take the spot so there's this one nigga who he's trying to get he's trying to get the hood to rally behind him so he wants to put put on a like a concert so he was like he called one of these jamaican niggas so the jamaican niggas i guess they're from brooklyn um and they're like the dandada niggas they got weight they're pushing weight they got money they got truck money they got nice homes they got nice cars so they was like yo get you know eric b and rock him on staten island and so there was like a DJ, a DJ party and with like Rakim and Rizza decides to get into this competition, this rap battle. And we all know how Rizza rap, right? We all know what he sounds like when he raps. So picture him rapping like 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, 
at raw raps like he was rapping about fallopian tubes and it was like super super sciencey like he picked up a science book and just took out mad random words and put them together in a rap song <laughs> and niggas started booing him because they didn't know what the fuck he was talking about and he didn't know what he was talking about either however uh, I met the man and Ghostface also entered the battle and they were pretty good so it was you know rocking the mic but because you know the Jamaican nigga it's his party he allowed he basically swayed the vote for the Jamaican niggas from Brooklyn to win and that's who won the contest and they wasn't happy so in Rizzo Head he's like you know what let me try to get all these niggas together and we can bum rush the stage but the problem is you got Stapleton niggas and Park Hill niggas who don't like each other at all like it's always on some on-site shit with them like you know Tom and Jerry like they don't have to say nothing they just start fighting that's exactly how these Park Hill and Stapleton niggas are it's on some on-site shit and you got Bobby in the middle trying to bring both of these sides of Staten Island together now while Devon is in jail you know he kind of like you kind of see like the foreshadowing of how Wu-Tang would come together so you see like you know Devon trying to fight in jail you know before he gets released and it's always these Brooklyn niggas trying to bum rush you know you know shit in jail like telling them they can't use the phone and they can't do this they gotta give up their snacks and shit and a fight breaks out now Devon ends up fighting with a nigga who's also from Staten Island but from like the opposite you know it's all Stapleton and Park Hill shit and then you know they're like well why you helping me fight and you know I ain't from Stapleton whatever the case may be and he's like yo it's Staten Island versus everybody else so that's kind of the mentality or at least the foreshadowing of what we see with RZA trying to be like yeah we you from Park Hill you from Stapleton but it's Staten Island versus everybody so you know RZA grinds Devon gets out of jail and we see Devon trying to keep it clean. It's hard for him because, you know, he's used to getting money. And now he got to be, like, cleaning floors and shit. And trying to live a basic, you know, everyday workman life. And it's not really clicking with him, you know. And I, it's, you can see why. Um, RZA is... This is location that you know this dude who works with Jizza, right? And he's helping Bobby with his music and trying to get him seen. So he gets him an, an interview and a meeting with Tommy Boy Records. They like him. They want to test the waters with him. So they ask him to record a record. And you know, let to get some old school sample. And I believe it was like a Denise Williams song. I can't remember. But he went by the... He started calling himself Rakeem. And the song was like, we love you, Rakeem. They shoot a video. It's a corny video. to a corny song. And he does like this little mini tour with ODB. ODB was his background dancer. So, um, 
he wasn't even rapping he was a background dancer and you know um niggas in the hood start seeing RZA being in record shops and you know signing records and shit like that and we see how Raekwon is kind of like trying to leave the street shit because you know RZA's like yo you the illest nigga on Staten Island rapping and he's trying to get him to be on his tracks and trying to get him to rap and the more he tried to push Raekwon the more Ghostface fights back because he does not like him but Method Man is on board you know Spectre Deck is on board of course Jizz is on board um so you know Rizzo gets his, his new NPC he pays, he pays it in cash um, it was really interesting because he was trying to steal it at first, but he couldn't um, fit in his bag. He got caught and he buys a cash, but, you know, they sell him a, uh, the floor model. He didn't care and it didn't have an instruction manual. He did not care. He just wanted his NPC. So... We see, you know, they all in the studio, they rapping, sounding wild, raw, right? And that's when Jizz's manager, who's also extended his services to RZA, tells him, you know, Tommy Boy is going to cut you. It's cutting you. They're not really feeling it. You know, they're not getting the feedback they thought. And then, you know, RZA is trying to compromise. Like, if they don't want me as a rapper, why not, you know, you know, market me as a producer? Now, this is the introduction where at RZA's video shoot for We Love You, Rakim, He's introduced to, um, damn it, what's his name? I forgot, but it's he was part of the Grave Diggers crew. I'm about to look it up right now. Okay, here we go. Prince Paul. He meets Prince Paul at um at his video shoot, and he's like a big fan of Prince Paul. Now, for y'all who don't know, Grave the Grave Diggers crew was like Prince Paul, RZA. Um. Um. Who else? Shabazz, the disciple, and some other person, other two people, whatever. And it was like hip hop, gangster rap, with like heavy metal. Like it was like a hip hop horrorcore type of um group. And the music they made was like really interesting um they they considered themselves horrorcore it was really interesting their first album came out in like 1994 and um so I, I, I appreciate that reference of Prince Paul and Rizzo meeting because that that whole horrorcore thing was like ser- serious so they Bobby finds out that he's being dropped and he's trying to again market himself as a producer and you know they're telling you know this dude is telling him that they're trying to go in a different direction and he's like I got a group I got a group so 
you get to see how Wu-Tang is being, it becomes formed. So, Ghostface is really into Kung Fu. They all are. They all are into Kung Fu flicks, right? And they go out and they buy like VHS tapes of like Kung Fu flicks. And But Ghostface is really into Kung Fu because like his brothers, you know, his two brothers in the wheelchair, they're really into Kung Fu. And he like sits and watch Kung Fu with them, you know during the day when his mom is working so they get to like chill and watch um they get to chill and watch like you know different flicks and stuff like that so they all like kung fu so rizza finds it ingenious to like take samples of different kung fu elements to put into the music but that's not even half of it we also see the evolution of self with Riza, right so Bobby goes from Bobby to Rakeem to Prince Rakeem because he doesn't want to get he's tired of being his name being confused with Rakim they get his shirts fucked up by putting Rakim on the shirts and his name is Rakim but Jizza starts introducing Bobby to the nation of gods and earth science so an element that's like throughout every episode is that you see like the five percenters on the corners especially at wall street where they're selling drugs at you see them um you see them talking about the science of the nation gods and earth right and that is also a big core of the wu-tang all of them so at first you know ghostface and and Riza is not really is not really even entertaining the set the five percenters at all right which is interesting to see because if you talk to any of them now like the five percent ideology is so imperative to them being rappers entertainers and just as a collective to see that they like to see Ghostface be like, nah, man, fuck that shit, get that shit out my face, and to to know that he's God bodied in and out, you know, through and through, is is like a wow, like a complete three sixty. It's the most interesting thing how what we see now of these rappers and these entertainers and to see where they start from, right? Okay, so the Jizza starts introducing 5% knowledge to Rizza and he starts taking it in and him taking it in in studying lessons is we see how he starts to evolve from Prince Rakim to Riza, right? Because Riza is ruler zigzag zig Allah, and Jizza is God zigzag zig Allah, and this is how we see how they all form 
to their higher self, right? So we see like ODB rapping in the studio with the actor. I swear this actor is did such an amazing job portraying ODB. I don't think they could have had anyone better. And I hope that this person has a very successful acting career because they deserve it. Um, people start laughing at ODB once he started rapping, but RZA, Bobby had the ear, and that's another thing. You know, RZA might not be the greatest rapper, but it's very clear throughout this series, throughout the season rather, that. He had an ear for sound and production that was way ahead of everybody. Like, you know, it was way, it was way, it was too futuristic for Tommy Boy. It was too futuristic for his original managers. It was just completely different and they couldn't capture it you know and the series the season is ending well it has ended the last episode was on Wednesday the season ended with Bobby doing some really questionable fucked up shit to get his music and to protect his 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 creativity so um, I hope there is a season two. If there is a season two, I will be doing weekly um, recaps because I'm totally into it. I'm all invested into it. But I just want to have this conversation about Wu-Tang because it's motherfucking Wu-Tang. Like, why the fuck? Like, I haven't seen no one really do podcast episodes about Wu-Tang and American Saga. And I haven't really been seeing a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. But I know some of y'all are really fucking with it. And I want to have a conversation. So, um, I want to hear y'all feedback. Like, I want to actually revisit this conversation and talk about some of the episodes more in depth because I feel like this is more than an hour conversation. But I also want y'all to talk to me about it because I want to know y'all feedback on how y'all see the season. Like, do you feel like, do you, are you invested or not? I want to know because I'm invested right now. So season two, I'm going to be there front and square in the middle watching everything. So check it out. Um, I'm glad that you watched. If you haven't watched, check it out because it's very much worth your while. And I will be talking to y'all.